welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm David Bax. Tyler Smith is on assignment, and I think that's how he starts the show. Uh, I, I, Tyler always starts, and then usually I ask the, the 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 guest or guest host to start when he's not there. But we couldn't like pin down exactly how he starts. So we do have a, a, a guest. Well, I guess technically you're. Because Tyler's not here, you're not our guest. You are the guest host, so mm. I can introduce you before the ad read. These are the rules that <laughs> no one cares about by which I live my life. So, um, joining us uh, th- this week, it's been it's been a while since you've been on. Um, I, th- I think we did something like this about a year ago. Is that right? I mean, um, you know, the pandemic compresses yeah. time, and so um, I think it might have actually been two years ago. <laughs> it might have been the 2021. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah I think well, it was. Joining us once again to, t- to talk San Diego Comic-Con uh, from Criterion Cast, it's Ryan Gallagher. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to the show. It's a real pleasure uh, to be here. And, and I guess, I mean, I'll say, you know, uh, welcome back to Comic-Con to everyone, um, including and especially the listeners who hate that we talk so much about Comic-Con on the show. <laughs> Definitely a huge welcome back to them. Um, but before we get into, I've already, normally I don't uh, say what the topic is uh, before the ad read, but uh, all the rules are out the window. Comic-Con's back. <laughs> Tyler's on the, on assignment. Uh, but first, I, w- I do want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, today, this morning on my walk, I was listening to... So I, I, I read um, stereogum.com a lot for like music news and they have an ongoing thing where they, they will write about a movie on its movies. Sorry. I'm such a movie guy. Uh, they'll write about an album on its 10 or 20th year, like anniversary. And so, um, the, uh, dirty projectors album swing low Magellan is celebrating its, its, uh, um, 10th anniversary, which is the, the, it's a, it's a good album. It was the last album as I, if I recall correctly before Amber Kaufman left the outfit. Uh, but, uh, so I was revisiting Swing Loma Jail and it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, we're back. Ryan, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm so excited for Comic-Con. It's, uh, I was, you know, this is now going to be my 30th anniversary of going. I started back in 92, and I was starting to burn out there for a little while before the pandemic and i was uh, every year leading up to like 2020 it was like well maybe this will be my last year i don't really want to go and then i had a two-year break and now i'm ready to go back uh yeah i um that that um 
this this raises a question of how do we talk about like because I like I had a fourteen year streak going. I, I went fourteen years in a row, and it was yep. two years off. But like I also the last two years I watched a lot of the Comic Con at Home stuff. We did oh, episodes yeah. uh, uh, about it. So my question is, am I allowed to say that? This year went. is my 17th consecutive Comic-Con. Am I counting the two at home ones? Uh, yes. I, say, I, okay. I, I think yes. I think as long as you watch them, you, you can say you, you can do whatever you want, David. And okay, I, so I think you can. 17 years <laughs> yeah. consecutive. This is not my 15th Comic-Con. This is my 17th Comic-Con. I forget. Did you go to the special edition Thanksgiving thing last year? Uh, no, we like were, you know, we actually did Thanksgiving. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we were actually weirdly close. We were at like my um my uh sister-in-law lives um in a town you the most listeners haven't heard of, but it's like from San Diego, it's just the other side of like this goes like Escondido Temecula, you know, it's like that area. Sure. So like I remember being like at her house for Thanksgiving and thinking like I'm so close. <laughs> <laughs> like I could be in San Diego in like 40 minutes. <laughs> I I mean, I didn't go either, and I I could have gone, and I was I felt strongly about not going. But in retrospect, I really wish I had gone. Oh, I yeah. I heard and saw people writing about that little Comic Con mm-hmm. as being just so special because it was way less crowded, yeah, and felt way more like Comic Con from thirty forty years ago of like you know a small group of like really invested comic book enthusiasts that it felt like, and everyone kept saying that they kept saying like, this feels like comic con in the nineties or maybe even earlier. Whereas like, you know, just the hardcore comic book fans were there and locals and uh, like and a locals, lot of, exactly uh, because of it being Thanksgiving. I feel like it, it leaned heavily towards like, Totally. San Diegans and, and, and Southern Californians. Uh, is that the demon of San Diegan? What do you say? San Diegoan? I, I think San Diegan is the correct okay. name. Um, uh, yeah, it, but it was at the, it was at the convention center, right? I think so. I think, yeah. yes, it wasn't that small that they went all the way back to the roots of Comic-Con ahead at, at a hotel. No. <laughs> um, there's actually a whole uh, panel this year about the years of the early years of Comic-Con at the El Cortez hotel. But yeah, uh, um, we'll get, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, Cause that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the panels that, that look good. I, I, I think um, one thing that's changed, I mean, Comic-Con has changed in the years. Like, you know, I've been going, I feel like I say some ver- version of this every year, not nearly as long as you, because your first year was early nineties, I guess is what you said. Yeah, 92. But, so 2006 was my first year and it was like by 2006, it was already like a bigger thing, but nothing compared to, I, I, I really, where do you pinpoint the big change? Is it twilight? Um, That's a good question. I feel like, Around then, like 2009, 2010, before those years, you could pre-order your your um, your badge ahead of time at the convention. You could go and say, like, I want to get my badge for next year. Yeah. And you could just fill out a little form, pay for your badge, get a discount, 
and it was no problem. And then like right around there, like 2009, 2010, it suddenly became like almost impossible to get a badge. Uh, or that's that's just when it became so hard for anyone to get a badge. It just like would instantly sell out yeah. ahead of time, and then they had to go to the the current process of. And I don't even know what the current process is like these days because of how things have been delayed uh, because of the pandemic. So like you know, with people like having bought badges in 2020, and then like you know those badges now now still applying. I think in Unless 2022. Your 2020 badge could have been used for the special edition oh, okay, right. weekend yep. or this, not for both. So anyone who used their 2020 badge to go to the Thanksgiving thing, I think, had to get a badge for 2022. Gotcha. But yeah, I guess I would. I I think as once you once it started selling out and being that hard to get into, I feel like that's when it became so i mean it was already really crowded and you know you had to wait in lines to go to hall h and everything but um there was that just and and you know maybe it was twilight that 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 year that twilight happened though like if there was so many big panels like i mean 2009 was 2009 the year of avatar and like that whole i mean i feel like there were so many movie panels in 2009 2010 yeah that uh, 2009 is the year that Avatar came out, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, so it was uh, right around there. I think is like a yeah. big shift of like you know modern modern Comic Con, postmodern Comic Con. Uh, yeah, and I think we're gonna. This is this is gonna get me grow. I, I ended up talking about uh, you know changes to Comic Con and what it's gonna lead to is changes to how I have, have approached Comic Con. So there, I think the main reason I think of Twilight as being a big change, um, and this is not me like taking talking shit about Twilight. I've never seen totally. anything. I don't. I don't. I don't care. I, uh, you know, I the. Uh, I feel like there are a lot of like Comic Con diehards who really resent the Twilight fans and and the and that wave of fans that are brought in uh, because a big reason is the thing of like camping out. Yeah. or a hall h panel a day or days in advance that started with twilight for sure yeah like the twilight would have a panel on thursday in hall h and tuesday before comic-con had even officially started before even all the roads were, were were shut down people would start camping out tuesday night for a thursday panel and that had never happened before and that far in advance i don't think has ever happened since but this idea of like you were talking about with the badges, you used to be able to like, you had to budget, you had to like be willing to sacrifice a certain amount of your day. Yeah. But you used to be able to get in line day of a panel in hall H and get, and get in, you know, I think about like, I went, I feel like I can tell these stories, but like I went to the final lost panel, which was the second panel of the day on a Saturday. We need to get started at probably 11 AM. I got in line at like eight, seven 45, 8 AM. I wasn't in the front of the room, but I got it, you know, and like the the year that they brought out all the avengers so it's sort of been like 2010 i think when they announced mark ruffalo's playing the whatever like that was an end of day saturday hall h panel for marvel and i got in line earlier that afternoon like like i had lunch somewhere else and it was like oh, it's like two o'clock they're going on at five i'm gonna get in line see if i can get in i got in and now like you have to like you have to get your line pass you know, at six, starting at 6 p.m. the night before. And that process is so like 
when they introduced the like line passes thing that was like, Oh, this will be easy. Like I got a panel. I go to Laura. I'll just go at 6 PM and get the line, but it takes them so long that you end up waiting hours in line to get the pass that lets you not wait in the line. It's, <laughs> uh, and, and so I'm you know saying things I've said every year, but I think when I, when I put together my like schedule, like the things that I want to see, um, my approach to Comic-Con has, 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 has been, I'm not even going to try for Hall H. I'm probably not even going to try for Ballroom 20 anymore. And I think that has like, there were a couple years there was a transition because I was so used to doing the Hall H thing that I think probably like 2013, 2014, not going to Hall H and not going to Ballroom 20. I felt like I was missing out on things, you know? Um, And then at a certain point I kind of like learned to embrace the smaller panels it probably i think these two things fed off one another uh, my interest in comics like came back so there were a lot more like comics panels that i could go to now this year i'm a little nervous because um the pandemic being you know two years old now and me not me working from home for over a year and now i'm still working from home three days a week i'm only office two days a week i don't have a commute anymore and that was like when I did my comics reading was on the train and the bus. So like my comics readership for the past two years has really diminished. So now I'm like, you know, I'm not sure that I have as much interest in these panels, but there were years there, like 20, you know, the last, the last three or four comic cons when I was like, I'm just mostly doing comics panels yeah, um, or like occasionally home video panels, which, um, there aren't a lot of this year. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think there's, I, I did a, I did a few searches in the, in the, the schedule, like looking for any panels that mentioned DVDs and Blu-rays. And there's yeah. like one panel that mentions <laughs> Blu-ray and it's not even about the Blu-ray. It's just like the green lantern panel where they're showing the movie before it becomes on, goes out right. on Blu-ray. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, you know, I got, uh, you know, cause I'm on the, as I'm sure you are on the press list or whatever. I got like the, shout factory like email blast and they're they've got a bunch of like comic-con like yeah your stuff we're selling at our booth and stuff but they're not doing a panel which totally. they, they used to always do uh, a panel where they announced the next like six months of releases yeah uh, yeah i don't know this year i don't know what the story is behind that but it's it is sad and there are other panels i think that you know that bill hunt from the digital bits has been on or that you know robert meyer burnett or Charles Lazarica, the, they've all been on like home video related panels of some kind or another. Yeah. And yeah, there's really not much of anything for, and obviously yeah. Warner archive. Yeah. No, no, no panels there. Our, our friend Matt is no longer, uh, I know with it's, them. it's that's sad. Um, uh, Matt will be at the, at comic con yes, though. Yeah, I confirmed he's going to be there. So we, if you know, fans of the old meetups if you're uh, yeah. around we we might be around we maybe we'll do an impromptu meetup yeah. and shout over some irish music <laughs> <laughs> just like the good old days <laughs> yeah yeah they really were but uh I, i'm i'm determined to have fun th- this year i'm I'm certain it's going to be fun uh should we just like jump into the panels um, sure I think let's just go through the schedule and highlight the stuff we want to see. Uh, but let's, we'll, we'll be talking about changes. Uh, I think uh, a, a lot And one change is there's like, there's no um, Warner TV Wednesday night pilot thing. I mean, there's like one thing on, on Wednesday night and it's at not even library, at the con- and it's, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's, that goes back to, you know, there used to never be anything on Wednesday night except for preview night. It was just, if you had the preview night pass or if you're a member of the press or whatever you go in preview night, it was just the floor was open and I would use it to like, uh, early on, uh, you know, now I feel like preview night is just as crowded as any other night on the floor, but, but there was a time when it wasn't. And I would like have my list of exclusives exclusives as our friend Aaron Newworth calls them. Uh, (laughs) and I'd be like, get in there 6 PM preview night hit all the booths where I had my exclusives and get them and not have to worry all weekend about like waiting in lines for the exclusive stuff I wanted to buy. Uh, I don't really do that anymore. I think the last time 2019, I think I just met you and Matt for drinks. I don't, I don't think I, I went into the convention center on, on preview night uh, on 20, in 2019. Yeah. I mean, it feels like a whole other age ago when we last were actually there. I think yeah. 2019 was that preview night was special for me because David Blakesley from yes, Criterion Cast right. was in San Diego, and that was you know I've met him before uh, in Portland, but he was actually it just so happened that he was there, and so we all were able to like meet up, and he was able to meet uh, you all like our archive folks. You were there, and then he got to go into Comic Con um, just to like run around the floor and see what see yeah. what the whole thing was about. He wasn't there for Comic Con, but he just happened to be in in town for a road trip that he was doing and it worked out really great. And so it was real special. I think that, uh, that 2019 one. Yeah. But, um, but, but then it it became a tradition that there would be like no panels, no guests or everything, but like Warner TV would do just like a block of pilots. Here's stuff that's premiering in the fall and you can come watch these like four to six pilots, depending if they were like hour long or half hour, whatever, like pilots. Uh, and they're not doing that uh, anymore. Yeah, I mean, I really wonder what, you know, it seems like, I wonder like which which of the panels that are around now are still kind of remnants of what was going to happen in 2020. Like, did they just let some people keep their panel spot right. over the, and like, and then did the, did the, the TV panels, you know, did those get affected by, I mean, are they obviously affected by the fact that the pandemic has been around and they maybe there are fewer pilots available to show or there's less like comic book right. stuff. But you, I mean, I, I, you would, you would think that there would be things like, like Disney plus or Apple TV um, or Netflix. They would all have shows that they would want to bring to something like that. Yeah. Um, Net, I mean, Netflix has always been kind of weird, but there have been very few like Netflix panels over the years but yeah i'm surprised that apple tv plus isn't i don't know pushing the second season of foundation i don't know if foundation got a second season actually i I was just trying to think of apple tv plus as like (laughs) genre content yeah sure um yeah i don't think they're going to show up with pachinko season two but like uh uh but also like even because there's a lot of stuff that like has a nerd fan base that isn't necessarily genre like ted lasso would be a great fit for comic-con totally <laughs> and so like but like yeah apple tv plus doesn't seem interested uh in, in comic-con but let's uh let's start with thursday uh and let's start with um i'm just going to start at 10 a.m celebrating 50 years of jim starlin uh jim starlin uh comic book uh writer uh he's you might know better than I did. Did he create the character Thanos? He's, uh, that, I know he's associated I, with Thanos. I don't know, but I, that phone. sounds like a thing that is true. Yeah. 
Um, so he's going to be there, um, moderated by, I don't know, this person, Koi Jandro from Nerdist and Collider. Um, uh, yeah, it seems like it's weird that there are people from Nerdist and Collider that I don't even recognize the bylines. This is how much I've changed over the <laughs> oh, years. I would tell, uh, totally. Like every time I would find a panel where it was like, you know, something related to like the 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 movie writing industry uh, online that we are like kind of tangentially still yeah. connected to i feel like I, I didn't recognize any of the names of the people who were involved with them and yeah. it made me feel real old and <laughs> uh and disconnected <laughs> yeah but this is um this is the kind of thing that comic-con is great for like celebrating Yes. You know, so much about what the press about Comic-Con is like, here's what's new, here's what's coming. But there's also a lot of looking back and the yeah. idea that like Jim Starlin, I even looked up his his age, but like not to be morbid, but there is a certain sense with Comic-Con of like, hey, come see this person in person while you can. <laughs> you, oh, you know, for like, sure. I, I, uh, I, I missed... I never saw Ray Bradbury at Comic-Con and I regret it. Yes, that's uh, totally. I mean, that specifically, there was, there is a panel, I think on like Saturday about Ray Harryhausen, Forey Ackerman and and Ray Bradbury. And there, and many years ago, there was also a panel where they were all three, like, I mean, and obviously like, you know, over the years, like they were all there at Comic-Con, but I feel like one of the last years that they were all there together alive was like uh i forget which year but it was like so special to see them in a panel uh yeah. together yeah uh so yeah i never saw ray bradbury i did see a couple of times um stan freeberg the uh like voice actor and and, and comedian and uh and stuff and and he passed away he has since passed away but um yeah, this Jim Starlin panel seems like it might be if you're if you're into Jim Starlin and you're going to Comic Con, why not? Right. Uh, I gotta say, a side note here, I really don't like the schedule application that they have this year. It's a new one because it used it to is. be called My Sched or My yeah, and, and, I, and now it's called Eventany. And it was like it's it used to be so much easier to bookmark things and like make your own little schedule. And now they have the way that they have it set up. It's like they really want you to just go add it to your own personal calendar. And I don't like it. And they, yeah, you, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so I guess my first thing on Thursday that I'm excited for, and I guess also other side note there's so much there's so much in this list it's crazy uh i don't know i'm glad I, again, you feel again, that way i feel like my um i i guess i just case. mean that there's so many there are so many panels uh just in general oh that's Maybe always not, the case yeah it just feels yeah i wonder if these if this is also like a product of like things being backed up over the course of two years and so they're right. trying to squeeze as much as they can and you know like have things at satellite locations uh even yeah. more but yeah they keep expanding expanding that totally. although do they have anything at that little theater like i didn't see anything come up i don't think so is that the theater is that, that is at the mall at like at the no, I mean, Plaza? What, what was the little theater where you and i went to like the oh it was like yeah women of film twitter uh-huh you remember that panel yes totally i, I, I don't think they i don't I think i've seen, seen anything there the, but they've expanded because it used to be the convention center then they added the bayfront the hilton bayfront then they add now they've since added like the hyatt and the marriott 
and the library. Totally. They keep add, the Omni has stuff now. Like they keep adding uh, locations. Comic-Con just keeps getting, getting bigger. I, love I mean, as far as the theater goes, one thing that I have to keep in mind uh, as far as the gas lamp goes, is that like, I haven't been there in almost three years now and I have no idea what is still around and what has closed and is not even open anymore. Uh, I've been trying to research, you know, what, what is there to eat now? Like what are the restaurants? Because all the restaurants that I think might be there have probably gone through like layoffs and closures and now reopenings. And that theater might also be a victim of the pandemic. Yeah, who knows if uh, the Tipsy Crow is there? Yeah, is Ghirardelli still there? <laughs> I, I mean, there there are things you would think would would yeah. be able to survive this, but uh, yeah. that might just be wishful thinking. All right, uh, okay, what else so do you have? oh, all right. So uh, my first thing that I'm really excited for is the dispatches from Middle Earth, the the one the panel where the One Ring .net folks get together to talk about uh, Lord of the Rings and this is a big year for Lord of the Rings yeah, fans. This is, this is 1030 AM. Yeah. 1030 in yeah. six BCF. Right. Uh, so Amazon's big rings of power show is coming out this fall. And there's a lot of talk online about it. A lot of some, some hardcore Lord of the Rings fans are not excited about it. I'm very excited about it. I think it looks cool and I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, I have high hopes. So I'm, I'm, and I love the, the one ring.net. They're a great, uh, Lord of the Rings website, so I definitely want to go hear them talk about it. Um, all right, so uh, eleven. Me speaking of offsite uh, or you know satellite uh, rooms at the Omni at eleven a.m. Future indies you must see. This is um, the kind of rare um, movie panel that isn't in Hall H or Oh yeah, 20. totally. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's, it's clearly very genre focused. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it literally says that the best indie sci-fi fantasy and horror that's, that's coming up, but also you could imply You could infer that it's going to be genre fo- focused based on like um, Chris Gore and Alan Ng from film threat are, are uh, on, on the panel. And then also someone, I don't know this person, Dante James, do you? I don't. Uh, but, but like uh, it literally just lists movie Twitter as yeah. Like, I wonder <laughs> what from. I like that. <laughs> I wonder who wrote that uh, that copy and if it was like, did he get to shoot? Did he say or you know, did they say that they are from movie Twitter yeah. or did they say film Twitter and then it got changed to movie Twitter or yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I don't. Uh, does anyone refer to? Does anyone say movie Twitter and not film I Twitter? I, I I don't know. Not the. Not any, I, not any type of people we uh, associate with. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, what do you, what do you have next? Well, at 11 also, uh, Oh, Oh, so, uh, one thing is that I'm bringing my daughter to comic-con again oh. and she is now the same age that I was when I went my first year. Wow. So, so this is feels special. And, uh, I'm hoping to bring her to more of the panels and get her into seeing some of the stuff. And she's, she's excited about it. Um, I'm not going to like overwhelm her with everything. Cause like the first year that I went, I only went one day and it was like, you know, mind blowing. And uh, it wasn't until later that I went actually all four days every year. Um, but the, at 11 on Thursday is uh, 
a babysitter's club panel, but I think it's babysitter's club specific to the, the, the current like line of graphic novels and stuff. And, um, it's a, a series that she really likes. And so, uh, and you know, Raina Telgemeier, the, um, children's graphic novel author is going to be there, uh, at that panel. She has another like panel spotlight on her later in the, in the weekend. But I think, this might be a fun kind of like entry into like, okay, let's go to a Comic-Con panel uh, and see some of like your favorite authors and artists that you've never seen in real life or, or even know what they look like, but, you know, get a chance yeah. to like hear them talk about it. Um, I mean, I have brought Miranda to like some past panels where she's got to meet, you know, the author of the Tea Dragon Society or some other things, but it's real rare and she didn't really have a whole lot of patience for like sitting in a panel instead of just like walking around. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, I, I guess not everyone has maybe, you know, given who her parentage is, she'll grow into that nerd thing <laughs> of like, I don't just like the thing. I want to know everything yeah. about the thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but sometimes people just like the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sticking with somewhat movie related stuff, um, well, for my list, uh, yours wasn't, but uh, at twelve thirty p.m. in room four, the Universal Cinematic Influence of Jack Kirby, uh, Tracy Kirby, who is Jack Kirby's granddaughter, is going to be there, and it's uh, uh, screenwriter Ashley Miller, and it says they're going to celebrate Kirby's influence in Hollywood and beyond throughout the decade. So, I uh, this seems like it's going to be leaning positive i'm i was kind of hoping for some like uh i didn't see eternals so i don't care but like some shit talking about eternals because i know a lot of people were <laughs> like this this movie looks nothing like you know jack kirby's vision of 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 the eternals um i always like when there's some some shit talking like I, I, there was a there was a panel once that was like uh comic book writers it just it wasn't what the panel was about but they were like ragging on Christopher Nolan's Batman and how much they hated Christopher Nolan's like vision of, of, of Batman um, and how he like never did any actual detecting. And they just like went off on this. And I, I, I like, I know I, I mostly celebrate Comic-Con as like a positive uh, place, but sometimes it is fun to, to hear some, some shit talking. Oh, you remember, were you at that panel when uh, whatever year it was like the 50th Comic-Con and they had like a series of panels that were like people who have been, you know, the whatever. And one of them was like, like exhibitors or people like people who have booths. And they invited mm. the guy from mile high comics who had like very publicly like left said, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh -huh. And he came as just a panelist and spent the, the hour I, like complaining about comic <laughs> I, I wasn't there, but I do remember you telling me the story of him and like, was he the guy who started like, uh, like shifted his whole business to like selling weed online or selling selling weed in Colorado or something? Right. Yeah. He's like a weed guy, and then he's also like a a, a drag queen or something. Like he's like a really super interesting uh, yeah. guy. But he was just there to complain about what Comic Con has become and, and to <laughs> and to like sort of elucidate all the things that they had done wrong that got them to the place that they were at now. Oh yeah, it was it was pretty great. Uh, but I'm sure the cinematic influence of Jack Kirby will be a positive celebration. Oh yeah. Uh, I guess going back a little bit at 12, one of the, I mean, we, we were just saying like, you know, Hall H kind of like whatever, but there is a Dungeons and Dragons uh, movie panel 
you know, there's a movie coming out or in yeah. production at least from Paramount of a, a new Dungeons and Dragons movie. And like, they're going to show stuff and the panel and the description of the panel is like real vague, uh, like who's going to be there, what they're going to show or anything. But, uh, it, I am kind of curious and I, and I wonder like if, you know, there's, there's not a lot in hall H on Thursday to draw like what I would guess be, would be massive crowds of people camped out to see everything. Yeah. And so I, I wonder if like this would be fun to go see and like, you know, get a glimpse at like what this new movie might look like. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about the movie. Uh, I was trying to like, I don't, I, I don't think that there's been a lot announced yet other than some of the people who are involved with it. Like Chris Pine. Okay. I think it's like one of the big names who's involved oh, but with this. Directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who are the game night guys, right? I think that's correct. Okay. Sophia Lillis from, um, well, she's from the it, uh, it chapter one, right? Mm-hmm. She was also, uh, Greta in, uh, or Gretel in Gretel and Hansel, uh, which was a cool movie. Uh, yeah, you got a good cast here. All right. I'm interested in Dungeons and Dragons now. <laughs> I've, never, I've never played. I always said I wanted to, but, uh, I don't know. Comic-Con every year, like the, the time around Comic-Con, like reignites some, like, Oh yeah. I should be a bigger nerd type yeah. of thing. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of not <laughs> speaking of nerdy things, here's one thing, the thing that's not very nerdy or not very genre, but, uh, the breakout hit sitcom Ele- Abbott elementary is having a, uh, uh, a panel with, um, a lot of the, the, the stars apparently, uh, in the Indigo ballroom. So that should be a fun time, but also I think it, very much keeping that tradition of so there's like the big rooms that have like ident- have had identities and they've kind of those identities have kind of changed over the years in in many ways like it used to be like hall h was movies ballroom 20 was tv but like tv is bigger than movies now with this crowd and and now hall h is like still movies but there's a lot more tv in hall h and some movie stuff in ballroom 20 but indigo ballroom like has long had this, like, this is the comedy space. Like this is mm. like, it's like kids cartoon. Yeah. It's like very TV and very TV comedy, like animated and sitcom type of stuff have like, that's where usually adult swim. I'm sure they do this year too. like have their block of totally of, uh, archers always in there, you know? Um, so uh, Abbott elementary is, I guess, added to that list of, of TV comedies that are in, <laughs> the indigo ballroom which is always, like it's always like i said like i mentioned before the indigo ballroom is the in my recollection the first satellite space like outside of the convention center and it also always had that kind of cool feel especially with like adult swim being there and like children's hospital and ntsf suv sd whatever that show was called like it always had this feeling of like the alternative party like you know we're totally. we're over here doing our own thing like out of the you know it's like the back of the bus kids fucking around type of <laughs> type of feeling that's that's how indigo barroom has always has always kind of felt to me all right what do you got um i think around one o'clock okay so as a criterion nerd i have to often look for like you know i'm going to, i'm going to this comic-con as press and i'm going there because uh i have this criterion cast website 
And so I have to like come up with some kind of like connective tissue between like uh, the Criterion Collection and uh, Comic-Con. Okay. And so often that is me going to the spotlights of the artists who just so happen to have also, uh, you know, illustrated various Criterion Collection covers. And so uh, at one o'clock on Thursday is a panel on the artist Jock. Um, He's, if you've, if you look him up, I'm sure you've seen his stuff. If you've, looked at Mondo posters, like he does various Mondo posters. Um, but he is, you know, a longtime comics illustrator. He did work on like the 2000 AD stuff and Judge Dredd and things like that and various like Vertigo books over the years. Um, <clears throat> but he he actually did one. I, I think this might be the only cover, but he did the cover for Kurosawa's Drunken Angel um, in the Criterion Collection. And so, uh, it was fun to like see his name pop up as like one of the special honored guests of the, of the convention. And, you know, he's going to get his own little panel there. So I'm, I'll definitely check that out. Um, yeah, that's fun. One of the fun things about going to spotlights, I'm not sure if this will happen, um, is that they comic con gives out like awards. Mm, sometimes, yes, and totally. like some of the people who have spotlights are going to be getting these like awards and they don't always know, you know, yeah. so sometimes you're just like at a panel and Comic-Con's like, Oh, by the way, we're honoring you today. And, and they hand out an award. That's kind of fun. I'm trying to think what I've, I definitely been at panels where that's happened. I think maybe did Chris Ware get one. Maybe I can't remember, but, uh, uh I, I would have to imagine that he has at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So 2 PM in room seven, a B re-envisioning Hollywood. Um, so I, by scanning this, anything that's like movie related, that sure. is just like, here's an upcoming superhero movie, or whatever, uh, left out at me. This could be interesting. Uh, it, 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 and it especially called my eye because it's Eric LaSalle from ER, mm-hmm. uh, who I feel like I haven't or, seen or coming to America. <laughs> Uh, which I've never seen. Can you believe oh my it? Gosh. I know that's that's I wild. Know. Yeah, listeners always love to to give me shit about that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb. He was in Logan, which I also never saw. Um, yeah, he's still been in a, a ton of stuff, but I kind of always will think of him as Dr. Benton from from ER. But uh, he and a celebrity photographer named Carell Augustus, cool name. Uh, are going to discuss representation in Hollywood and on bookshelves today. So uh, that that could be interesting. I, totally. I, um, yeah. All right. So Corella Augustus, uh, I should have looked this up uh, because the credit that the thing gives him is uh, Black Hollywood. And that's okay. That's a book that he released, I guess, a book of photos of black hollywood black hollywood book project so that sounds uh all the more interesting actually uh right. just what do you just bef- just before that at 1 30 there's a panel on the two disney animators ron clements and john musker um these are two that you know who have been working in like the modern era of disney but think going back to things like the great mouse detective and the little mermaid and aladdin and everything and most recently moana and i can't remember if they were also involved with um some of the other like ones post moana but uh 
I I I find them so charming as like a pair of uh, animator directors, and I'm really excited to go and hear them talk uh, at this one. Um, all right, Thursday's my biggest day actually. So uh, sorry if we're taking too long on Thursday, but still at two p.m. in room twenty nine AB, Stan Lee at one hundred. Um, and I just highlighted that because my the last Comic-Con we were all at in 2019 was the first Comic-Con. That was the first Comic-Con since he died, right? Uh, that already, sounds correct. He didn't no, die no, after no. the pandemic uh, or during the pandemic. Uh, I don't no, know. He, <laughs> no, he was. Uh, okay. So he died November 12th, 2018. So yeah, 2019 was oh, okay. the first, the first Comic-Con since he died. And I went to two different like Stanley Memorial panels. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Comic-Con 2019. And they were like really interesting and really fun. Like, and one was like about like, you know, artists and creators who had worked with him. And the other one was a lot of people, like people who had like been his assistant or like had, had, had like had lower level jobs at, at Marvel or whatever. And like so many great stories. So, um, this Stanley at 100 could be, could be another batch of great stories. Totally. I think at, 2.30, there's a panel, there's a Godzilla slash Toho panel that I'm excited for. Uh, again, like another kind of like Criterion related thing where like, and I think like 2019 was also, oh, this is going to be real bad if I'm getting this wrong, but I think 2019 was the year that the Criterion Godzilla big box came out that fall and that was also, so like comic-con was right around like right before that was actually officially announced and there was all these rumors kind of leading up to it and it um there was like the toho i think that was also the year like toho had a big presence at comic-con where like they had never really gone before and so they were very like uh excited to be there and there's a lot of godzilla related stuff and um so i'm definitely excited to go check out this one I mean, there, there are, there are often rumors that people talk about like, you know, oh, what is, what could be the next Godzilla related stuff coming to the Criterion Collection? They did a big Showa era stuff. So maybe they'll do like, you know, the next era after that, the eighties stuff. Hmm. Uh, okay. 2 PM. So I'm kind of backtracking here. Room 23 ABC. I mentioned this one earlier, the early SDCC El Cortez hotel years. Yeah. That looks one of my favorite things that has developed over the years of my going to comic-con is that people are it's not just a convention for nerds people are nerdy about comic-con itself and it's history and i got about that stuff too uh so i uh this is a you'll notice if if anyone's keeping track i can't possibly (laughs) make all these panels they all overlap oh yeah um you gotta have backups yeah but early sdc el cortez hotel years might actually be a uh a top priority for me yeah i mean uh, same. That's like you, you make your, your list and then you say, okay, well, if I can't make it to this one, then at least as I walk towards it and see the huge line, I know that I could keep walking and make it to yeah. this other panel, you know, a few rooms down. Yeah. Uh, what else do you have? I think, um, as far as Thursday goes, some other cool ones that I'm excited for. There's a, at three o'clock, there's the 1982 greatest geek year ever panel, which seemed pretty interesting. But they're circling back around. They've I know been doing it's, this so long that they yeah. they did 1982 ten years ago, <laughs> right? I, I I think you're right because um, I know that they have definitely done years later than 1982. 
Uh, no, I think this was the first. I, I'm not looking this up. This is just off the top of my head. Uh-huh. I think 2012 was the first uh-huh. year they did this, and they did a look back at the movies of 1982, and then 2013 <laughs> they did 83, and then and so like 2019 they would have done 89, and then they took two years off, I guess, or maybe yeah. they did the virtual ones. I don't remember. And now they're revisiting. It would have been interesting if they had done 92. Yeah, they did 82. But, yeah, uh, I mean 92 was a really interesting year. Oh, but yeah, I don't like know. Going on my letterbox to see what are the great like I don't, movies of 1992. I mean, but I don't know if anyone ever says the phrase "92 was the best geek year ever." <laughs> but that's just their brand. Now. But yeah, that's true. I mean, but 92 was like the year that Image Comics came out. So uh, 92 and 92 was also like you know, I feel like that was when the comic book explosion of the 90s like really took over a lot of uh you know the hearts and minds of young kids of the world <laughs> okay here we go. geek geek somewhat related movies from 1992 reservoir dogs hard-boiled twin peaks Firewalk with me the muppet christmas carol aladdin um what else what else is geeky on here Candyman, maybe <laughs> yeah Possibly. i guess bram stoker's dracula um oh batman returns there you go that's a big one yeah batman Return, death becomes her wayne's world um super cop uh, came out in 1992 <laughs> so you could do a panel on these movies i think Home so Alone two el mariachi yeah you could do you could talk about single white female why not <laughs> oh alien 3 is 92 is that right wow uh, universal soldier buffy the vampire slayer yeah yeah, they, they, I think they fucked up. They should have done 92. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Where was I? Getting back into comics. Another spotlight. Um, 3 p.m. Room 25 ABC. Love and Rockets 40th anniversary. Yep. Spotlight on the Hernandez brothers with uh, Gilbert and Jaime Hernandez, I think. Is that uh, how you say it? I think um, so. Yeah, I have it on my list, too. Yeah, creator of uh, the. If you, I mean, I don't know if you were. I don't know. I never know how much our listeners like know comics. You know, they more probably probably more than me, but maybe less than me. I don't know. But if you don't <laughs> like, I feel like I don't know if this is still true because it's still uh, uh, kind of going in, in in some ways. But like when I was like in the '90s and early 2000s, like when you get into indie comics, Love and Rockets is like one of the top things you like learn about totally um and uh yeah it feels uh again i'm always pushing against the the uh bad reputations of 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 comic-con so that you know this isn't all just uh advertisements for corporate product like they're celebrating the 40-year anniversary of a legendary seminal indie comic Totally. I, I think, I, I mean, it, it feels like if you were to go, th- if you were to open up the Comic-Con website and look at these schedules, I think it would be really hard to come away convinced that Comic-Con is like the, 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 the reputation, that reputation anymore, like, a, of like corporate movie, uh, commercialized, like, oh, we're going to just go, um, show you like Hollywood stuff, uh, for, and that's and we're going to bring our big actors and actresses to uh san diego for comic-con like i feel like we're on the the downslope from that bad reputation 
but I think a lot of people like don't do that. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. they don't look at the schedule. All they see is they sit back and they see what people are freaking out on. You know, fucking like, what are we gonna get? We're gonna get like a Guardians Volume Three, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three trailer started. Yeah, something like that. That's yeah. all they see. Yeah, that's a good you point. Know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you're up next. Um, I think for as far as Thursday goes, I, one of the other panels that like we had talked about, you know, like uh, online writers and stuff. There's a there's a, a comics journalism panel towards the end of the day. I think at five. Okay. Um, and that one, I th- I'm interested in because it, I do. There are like a handful of comics blogs that I follow, and the Beat is one of them. And so Heidi McDonald is going to be there from the Beat, and uh, I, I'm interested to hear what they have to say. Like they, I mean, I, you know, like I have somewhat of an idea of like what other film online journalists, you know, what their lives are like, and I don't. I don't really go to these comics journalist yeah. panels too often. So I think I'd be interested to hear what, what their life is like as a writing about comics online. Um, all right. Well, if you're done with Thursday, I'm just going to run down a few. Um, is that right? Does it, that was your last one? I mean, uh, there's like a, another, there's like a Conan, the barbarian panel. Yeah, that was the one I was going to mention. Yeah. 30th anniversary. Um, I've got a few, but first I want to say for a second, my jaw dropped but I was wrong because there's a panel called spotlight on Bill Morrison. <laughs> this is not the Bill Morrison who directed Dawson city, frozen time and the Village detective <laughs> in Decasia. It's a different Bill Morrison, but for a split second, I was like, Holy fuck. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but I have seen Bill Morrison speak. He, he uh, introduced uh, a movie at TCM classic film festival years ago. I'm trying to think what movie it was. It might have been, um, not the Patrick Swayze Roadhouse, but the 1948 John Negulescu movie Roadhouse with Adelio Pino and Richard Woodmark. I think he introduced that, uh, and they showed one of his shorts at the TCM Classic Film Festival. So, at least I have an actual like Bill Morrison in person uh, uh, experience <laughs> under my belt. Uh, one day he'll right. go to Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 4:45 in ballroom 20 so here's a movie panel in ballroom 20 uh beavis and butthead do comic-con they're talking about um the uh about beavis and butthead do the universe but also other beavis and butthead related stuff uh that should be fun right yeah totally yeah i like i like beavis and butthead uh five once we get to like five six p.m panels is where i start to be like if i'm still willing because <laughs> sometimes i'm like very worn out like weirdly like sitting in panels all day kind of like wears you out or you just oh like, yeah out of there. But, i mean um, that, that was why like the the shout factory panel was so often like at like eight at eight o'clock at night yes. and it's like man why are you doing this to us why it's so late <laughs> yeah um but i want to mention a 5 p.m panel in 25 abc uh eight decades of archie i mm. um usually i have a tradition of generally going to an archie uh uh comics uh, panel. I've been to one Riverdale panel, Riverdale panel at a WonderCon years ago, um, but uh, I, 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 don't, I don't actually watch Riverdale, so I don't know anything about it. But I read, I do read Archie um, and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and, and Betty and Veronica, all that existed. I, I do read some of the like ongoing Archie comics, um, but I also want to highlight because we haven't talked about the Comic Con Museum. Have you been? 
I haven't been, but I get the emails from them all the time. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested in checking it out. Yeah. So this ed- eight decades of Archie is not, you know, maybe, okay. So step back to the listener who doesn't know Comic-Con. Something that should be clarified is that not all of these panels, like the spotlights or whatever are put on by comic, like CCI international is like saying we're doing a spotlight on this person because they're a special guest, but most of the panels are not put on by Comic-Con. By, by by CCI is what the the company's called. It's someone wants to host a panel and applies to host a panel or whatever. And so, um, uh, it, so it's just interesting to me that it, eight decades of Archie is, from my understanding, not an Archie Comics panel. Like Archie Comics is not the auteur of the panel. <laughs> the Comic Con <laughs> Museum is. So that's that's interesting if I'm reading that correctly but I, I i could be i could be wrong but that's just something generally to point out that like most of the panels you see comic-con just like you know like a salon where every uh uh, uh stylist has to rent their own chair that's kind of what a lot of comic-con <laughs> is it's just like we have all these rooms and slots and everyone like applies to host and put on panels and we just provide the the place for that to happen that's how most comic-con panels happen like even and maybe even especially the big movie panels. Like that's just, um, uh, uh, you know, Marvel, uh, is presenting that, that, that comic, that, that panel in, in Comic-Con's space. I'm not sure how timing, like, like, I'm not sure how Marvel got the Saturday, like late afternoon or the evening spot. Yeah. And Warner Brothers is always Saturday morning. I'm not sure how that happened. And if they're like grandfathered in, but anyway, totally. Uh, do I have anything? Else? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I guess uh, one other thing that's happening on Thursday that is, and it, and this is something that I, I feel like I've come across a couple of instances of this. But there's like, there's a 30th anniversary of X Men the animated series on okay. Thursday at 5:45. But then there's also another panel on Saturday at one o'clock on the 30th anniversary of X Men the animated series with two totally different groups of people. Uh, at two totally different rooms. Yeah. And I saw that it's, uh, I feel like there's maybe a couple other instances of like very, very closely related panels on the anniversary of something like Conan or whatever, uh, at, yeah. that have different panels, uh, over the course of the weekend. And I don't know, like, you know, what the story behind that is, but, uh, I do, I am interested in the, like, you know, the, nostalgia around X-Men, the animated series and, you know, the new Disney plus show and everything. And I, uh, I kind of want to go to one or maybe both just to see what, you know, to hear these people, uh, talk about it in two different fashions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some horror movie called Nix from the director of Sharknado that's having a panel. D Wallace is going to be there is kind of the main nice. reason I pointed it out. And then you already mentioned the Conan the Barbarian 40th anniversary panel. Uh, this is cause there's two Conan, the barbarian anniversary panels one yeah. is for the comics which is like the 90th anniversary i think yep yep yeah and then this one is the movie which is the 40th anniversary uh but i clicked on it and john milius is not going to be there i don't know <laughs> he's very old at this point um but that would have been like a jim starlin situation like yeah, yeah i'm gonna go to this panel just to see john milius um while while i can uh noted st louis i always like point out when celebrities are born in, in st louis <laughs> john milius is a st louis and by birth um all right should we move on to friday then yeah 
All right. Do, I started on Thursday. Do you want to start on Friday? So Friday, there's a couple of things on Friday morning that are kind of competing. Well, actually like three different things that I kind of would want to start my day with, but there is the Lord of the Rings rings of power panel, uh, on, th- on Friday morning. Um, I, I don't, I don't have a good sense of whether or not hall H is going to be crazy this year and w- whether it would be worth trying to go see any of the footage that they might show. Um, especially when all this stuff goes online, like immediately afterward. Um, so if I, if, if Hall H seems too crazy to get into, to see that, then I would probably go to either like there's a Looney Tunes panel and an animation show of shows panel. And the animation show of shows is a real great opportunity to just see, you know, short film, short animated films that maybe are fly- under people's radars and like, you know, that might eventually lead to like, you know, best animated, uh, Oscar nominees, you know, for shorts. And so I'm, I'm, I might go check that one out. Those are always a lot of fun. Um, so a couple things, um, I don't know. So Friday hell H is the walking dead day at 1230 yeah. and, and one Um, so that I, but I don't know is walking dead as big a draw as it used to be? Cause it used to be like, <laughs> yeah. insane. Like that was one of the things people camped out for. Like if you know, you might have a chance of getting into hall H after the walking dead panels when, you know, half the room clears out because they're yeah. just there for walking dead. I don't know if that's still the case because I like, can't believe this show's still on. I mean, is this the last season that's airing? They all feel like they're the last season, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. And uh, yeah, I don't know what they would be. I don't know what I, I, I uh, this is another one of those things where like, I feel like the, the pandemic has ruined my sense of like, what is, what, what might be a big draw at this point because of how things have shifted. Yeah. Um, all right. What do I have on Friday? Well, also that Looney Tunes thing, it like caught my mind for a second, but it's not, it's, um, it's new Looney Tunes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, not as, it's not as much of a draw if it was like an old Looney Tunes panel for me. Yeah. That would definitely be, yeah. Uh, what I would, like. although it, uh, one of the panelists is Aaron Gibson, co-executive producer of tiny tunes, university and friend of this podcast. So, uh, go see Aaron. Maybe, maybe I will. Um, you mentioned the, the, the show of show and, 22nd annual animation show of shows. Um, interesting. This is 10 AM and there's, yeah. I, I guess there's cause I've been to this in years where like at the end of the block, they just show a block of animation. Yeah. They're great. And at the end, they usually say like, okay, Hey, this section is maybe like take your kids outside. <laughs> well, kind of there, there's no warning here. Yeah. I mean, so there are actually like a few different, panels like this there's the spike and mike animation stuff and there's like they and they have like the sick and twisted and another one too um and so but the animation show shows i feel like they're usually pretty um family friendly i think there definitely was a year at WonderCon where it mm. was the animation show of shows and they specifically like had a block of like the last two or they specifically uh-huh. like shunted them to the end of the list and the last two or three they were like <laughs> they stopped and they were like, Hey, maybe you want to take the kids out before we show these. Nice. Maybe they'll do that here too. Um, it could be a, a, a chill way to start your friend. <laughs> actual, you know, talking about like 
liking the stuff or all the stuff about the stuff. Uh-huh. This is, uh, this is a show that's just the stuff. You just get to watch animated shorts. Yeah. It's pretty great. Uh, all right. What else do I want to waste one of my picks on Scott Snyder? He doesn't need my help. <laughs> right. Everybody likes Scott Snyder who reads comics, right. Or not. I mean, um, maybe Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a uh, talking about like the the early days of comic-con and stuff there's that star wars and the fandom the early days and that one seems kind of fun because it would be like about you know those 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 comic cons you know like when they brought like when star wars went to 1977 comic-con before the movie was even out and they like had you know 76 right uh, maybe it was because 76. The movie, the movie came out in May of 77. Oh, so you're Comic-Con right. was in the summer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so that it was, but it was like before anyone really yeah. knew about it. It's always the example, like Comic-Con nerds like myself, when people say like, Oh, it's not even about comics anymore. It's about movies <laughs> now. That's always the example you bring up. Like, yeah, this isn't a new thing. Star yeah. Wars was there in 76. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me, um, at 1230 in room 24 ABC celebrating 100 years of Charles Schultz. Yeah. I have that on my list too. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, these, um, the names on the panel don't really, uh, leap out to me, unfortunately, but, uh, one of them is the curator of the Charles M. Schultz museum. So, uh, yeah, I guess they're going to talk about peanuts and, and Charles M. M. Schultz and, uh, and stuff like that could be I a think, fun. I like these look back panels. Oh yeah, totally. I mean like right around the same time, there's also uh, a history of heavy metal, uh, the magazine, um, panel. And I, I think I'm definitely more interested in like heavy metal, the magazine of the past than of like the current stuff that's around, but I still, I still will pick it up if I see it, but, um, I'd be interested to go hear them kind of reminisce about, uh, the early years of that. Yeah. Um, so to switch from, uh, looking forward, looking back to looking ahead, uh, at one thirty in ballroom 20, uh, paper girls, which is the new, I guess, Amazon prime, um, series based on Brian K Vaughn's, uh, 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 comic book series, which I, uh, read and enjoyed. And so I'm, uh, I, I've tried to get further away of just like going to stuff for stuff that hasn't come out yet. Cause what if it yeah. sucks or whatever, but when it's based on something yeah. <laughs> that I was a fan of, I am curious. And I, totally. I liked, I liked paper girls. I'm very much bracing myself for the people who don't know paper girls who are going to call it a stranger things ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's not that Stranger Things is a paper girls rip off. It's very much a case of like parallel thought. They sure. came out around. I think the first issue of Paper Girls was shortly before Stranger Things premiered, but it was like it's also eighties set. It's a, about like kids on bikes. Kid, kids on bikes, and <laughs> uh, in, in in this case, they're they're all girls, um, and they don't go in. I, I was going to like try and they don't go into the upside down. I've never watched Stranger Things. I have no idea what the fuck happens on this show, but it's a, uh, it's a time travel type thing. They get sort of like, uh, transported through time and then get involved in this generation spanning time war between different yeah. factions and different times. It's a, it was a, a very fun, uh, book and, uh, curious to see what they, 
what Amazon makes of it. Totally. Um, just before that one, at one o'clock, there's a panel on Primal, uh, the Gendy Tartakovsky series. And it's going to, I think it's focusing on season two. Um, but if anyone hasn't watched season one of Primal um, and you are at all interested in, like, you know, Conan the Barbarian, I guess is kind of a good example, or like that kind of, you know, like barbarian, like dinosaur. Uh, but like so, so incredibly violent, but just amazing, incredible storytelling with no dialogue. Uh, it's just, it's, it's so good. Um, so if you, if you, if you can stand some real violent stuff, go watch primal. Cause it's, uh, okay. it's just an incredible series. Uh, again, with your, um, like your X Men the animated series, uh, situation at 2 p.m. in room 28 de there's another 40 years of love and rockets panel uh, again with gilbert and jaime uh, hernandez and i think this is the thing that i was talking about before the other one is a spotlight on which means it's actually being put on by comic-con international this one is the moderator is gary groth from fantagraphics so i wonder if this is a fantagraphics like saying hey we want to celebrate 40 years of yeah. love and rockets too <laughs> It's, yeah, uh, if you, if you it's so interesting. The first one, or if you just can't get enough of the Hernandez brothers, um, 40 years of love and rockets says two, two panels. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, let's see. So there's a two o'clock also, I just wanted to throw a shout out to the, um, where is it on here? So there's a panel called horror and the inevitable remake, which is at that Neil Morgan auditorium at the library. Um, but, uh, I guess a friend of criterion cast, Becky Diana is, uh, a marketing executive and podcaster. Um, and she's going to be on that panel. And so I just wanted to throw a shout out to that, but it also sounds like a really interesting panel discussing, you know, horror and movie remakes and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, next I'm going to highlight a panel because this is something that if Tyler were here, Tyler's once again, for work reasons, not able to do Comic-Con. Um, he hasn't been since 2017, which is, um, I know he uh, misses it. Um, but I'm going to do something that, I'm going to complain about a Comic-Con thing that I know he would complain about. At 3.30 p.m. in room 5AB, there's a panel called The Multiverse of David Dasmalchian. <laughs> and you think like, oh, David Desmalchian, like character actor, you know, seen him in like, uh, what is it, like the Dark Knight and uh, Bird Box and all kinds of uh, uh, stuff. He always like reliably plays kind of uh, unhinged weirdo guys. And it's like, oh, wow, they're going to like it's going to be a retrospective on his career. Then you read the description and it's like, David has created his own comic series, his own, uh, uh, his own comic series, count Crowley at dark horse comics. It's like, okay, this is clearly just a commercial for count Crowley. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be, there's not going to be a lot of time to ask David Dosmalchian about his experiences, you know, working with Gary Oldman on the dark Knight or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's or like in the, the most recently, like the suicide squad. Which I didn't see, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's um, they they do this all the, all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember uh, like there used to be like a it was like a film bloggers panel, but it yep. was always like presented <laughs> by some genre movie that was coming out, and half yeah. the panel was just about about that. Like I remember it was like uh, Dread presents, yep. and half the panel was just Carl Urban answering questions about Dread, and and then we got 
find found some time to yeah to uh, r.i.p masters of the web <laughs> masters of the web yeah uh let's see so around the same time so where we're like in the afternoon now there's a few let's see where am i on my list here there's like a for all mankind panel that i'm kind of interested in a spotlight on uh, this this comics writer Ezra Clayton Daniels that I've, I I read some of this stuff like years and years ago when I first moved to Portland, um, but then he's gone on to like become way more uh, famous. But I'm I'm interested to go check that out. I think at four o'clock there's a spotlight on Terry Moore who did uh, Strangers right. in Paradise and has has new series that he's been writing. He Terry Moore was a big, or my wife was a big Strangers in Paradise fan, and so when she would go to Comic-Con, we would always go to the Terry Moore panel. And um, so I, I'll probably go check that out too. Uh, all right. Four o'clock. Let me take a deep breath. They shouldn't have killed his dog, John Wick, Gun Fu, and the New Age of Action. Now this is like <laughs> what I was talking about. This is just a panel that's a, you know, advertising a new book, but the book, that's the title of the book. And it's uh, an oral history of recent I guess Hollywood action movies. Um, so that could be cool. There is, um, there's another Godzilla panel right around the same time at four o'clock that I probably w- may go to. I think it's, uh, I think it may be more on like the, the IDW Godzilla comics, um, which some of them have been pretty interesting, but I don't know if I'm a huge, the biggest fan of those, but I think there another panel at four that, is really interesting is this panel on and is like you know so tangentially related to to pop culture but is like very nerdy is the nasa and the wonders of the web telescope and i think by that point we'll definitely have seen that first image of you know the web telescope like we haven't seen that right like they're they're they've been this past week have been like saying oh we're gonna there's gonna be this big reveal of our first uh look at the at the new telescope and you know this picture of the this new view into the the universe and um it'll be interesting to kind of hear some nasa um folks talking about the web telescope uh at comic-con all right at uh 4 p.m a panel that i'm very uh almost definitely making room for uh, uh can i guess <laughs> is it yeah. leonard malton is it yes, the, yes. <laughs> you, room 23 abc you're wrong leonard malton um speaking of a guy between comic-con and tcm classic film fest a guy that i have seen speak to the large crowds time and time again and ne- can never get enough of um i always enjoy leonard malton even if i often disagree with him and that's kind of the the premise of the panel is that you know uh him and uh he and his his daughter um jesse malden who is also uh, a delight on on a panel um just field i guess challenges just <laughs> the idea yeah. is that people can say like you gave this movie a good or bad review and i think you're wrong and you need to defend <laughs> yourself that's the premise of the panel it often becomes more of a love fest than anything because you can't yeah. not love leonard malton uh, yeah uh, you can't but it's, yeah. it's a super fun panel i went to it in 2019 totally where someone um like so i, I i'm trying to remember 2019 i think once upon a time in hollywood had not come out at the time of comic-con i think yeah that's right it came out like right after Comic-Con and someone asked, stood up and asked, asked a question 
that I don't know how this person had seen the movie, whatever press or whatever, that just completely spoiled the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wait, what year was, did you say? 2019. I, it wasn't 2018. Is that, I mean, I, I, this is a silly thing to nitpick, but I think, uh, I think it may have been before that. Cause I don't no, think. No, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 2019. Is it? Wow. Yeah. Wild. Okay. I, I believe you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, hold on. I'm going to tell you the release date. Cause you asked July 26, 2019. So yeah, okay. would have been like right before that. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And, and a person was like, what do you think of revisionist history movies uh-huh. such as this thing? Being oh, right. About history. And what's <laughs> in Hollywood, like a movie that no one had seen yet. Yeah. It was like slack jawed. Uh, and Leonard Maltin and Jesse Maltin to their credit, like just kind of like moved past it. Like, yeah. Didn't want to dwell on the spoiler in case anyone hadn't. That's it. wild. But I remember like tweeting at Jesse Molden after, and she was like, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are several different kind of science of, so in, in the past, some of my favorite panels have been like the science of science fiction ones. And there's a, there's a, a few of them scattered throughout the weekend, touching on different topics. Um, but there is one on, uh, like the science of the expanse on uh, on Friday night at or on Friday at five o'clock that I think uh, if I'm still at the convention, I might stop in to see that one. Uh, all right. At 6 p.m. Um, in Hall H, Collider's directors oh, are yeah. directing, um, moderated by Collider editor-in-chief Stephen Weintraub. Uh, I don't know if I'll go to this one. I, I enjoyed it like did he do these he definitely did one in the 2020 virtual one because it was really interesting it was yeah. um it was uh joseph kaczynski robert rodriguez and then if you care colin trevorrow or whatever um, but it was but like people that i was really interested in this time i'm interested in chats to because i'm a john wick fan but also like andrew stanton and tim and, and tim miller the other two i don't know if i'm as interested in hearing what have what they have to say on directing (laughs) i mean i this definitely is on my list too and i i am interested in it i don't know if they'll talk about what they're working on or if this is if they'll stick to just uh you know discussions of filmmaking but um i think frosty from collider is a good moderator and he i think he's he he's definitely uh able to ask I, th- I think he's able to ask pretty great questions out of directors so I, i'd be interested to check this out uh what's next for you well i guess the, uh, <laughs> only a couple other things there's a mike mignola well there's a panel about a documentary about mike mignola so not him specifically okay. uh but i uh as a i'm a hellboy fan and you know big Guillermo del toro fan and so like i I'd be interested. I'm, I'm interested to check out this Mike Mignola documentary, and I'm curious to hear what what making that documentary has been like for the the filmmakers involved. Um, but later in the evening, you know, there's a, a another anniversary this year is the 25th anniversary of Princess Mononoke, um, the Miyazaki Studio Ghibli film, and um, one of the one of the stories that I often tell about my like favorite memories of Comic Con that I've probably told to you or the, on one of these shows before is just like the I had the opportunity back in '97 um, at Comic Con to go 
see Princess Mononoke at the little movie theater up the street. And Neil Gaiman was there to like introduce the movie because he had been doing the translation into English. And so he got to get up and talk about it beforehand and then like answer questions afterwards. And it was the first Studio Ghibli movie that I had ever seen. And I got to see it, you know, at Comic-Con. And so it was real special. And so the, they're, they're showing it, they're having a screening of it um, this year. I don't know if I'll necessarily go, but it was kind of fun to think about the fact that this was, you know, 25 years ago. Um, I think Shout Factory also has like a couple of like special Princess Mononoke, like have like a, a pin or something that I'm definitely going to try to pick up this year. Yeah, it's... Um... I don't remember them doing, have they done this sort of thing before? If a screening of a, a movie that isn't like the upcoming, like DC animated, like. Movie? Not very, not, 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 not recently, at least. Yeah. I mean, it seems yeah. like they don't, they, they do usually have a series of screenings uh, of older movies. Um, not necessarily based on like their anniversaries. And I don't even know if we know the schedule of movies right now. Cause I kept refreshing that page and I don't think that films page has anything listed on it yet. Um, but it's, it's cool that they're showing this one. I mean, and then later on, on Friday night, a couple other things that I am interested in checking out, like the, um, Jerry Beck will do the worst cartoons ever series that he does every year where he just shows real bad old cartoons that are, you know, horribly uh, problematic. And I am, uh, they're always fun to laugh at. Yeah. Um, and then the spike in my sick and twisted stuff after that, right. I usually will go, try to go to the worst cartoons ever. And then I think that I'll stay and then I end up leaving. <laughs> yeah. The spike in my sick and twisted stuff can be a little like, it's not that it's too much for me. It's that it's often like too juvenile for me. Yeah. Um, I want to mention, you mentioned Mac Mignola and I'm sure I've mentioned this on podcasts before. Um, there is an argument that the first appearance of Hellboy was in a comic book that was produced for San Diego Comic-Con 1993 that we could get at uh -huh. Comic-Con. Is it like um, the drawing of Hellboy that no, like, so there are, yeah, there are earlier Mike Mignola drawings of a character that looks like Hellboy, uh -huh. but the, first time the character is called hellboy i'm looking this up right now uh, -huh. uh the first time the character is called hellboy is in an august 1993 san diego comic-con comics number two that was available at the 93 convention and it's a four-page short story interesting um, and it's the first time that, that the character is referred to as hellboy anyway um only other thing i have on friday um listen if if you uh happen to be listeners of the patreon you've heard me talk about the tv program the great north if you aren't you can be a, a member of the patreon at patreon.com slash battleship pretension and we talk about tv watch me uh watch me cook uh, make a pizza is something you can do this uh, most recent episode anyway that's a commercial for the patreon patreon.com slash battleship pretension we also talk about tv shows you've heard me talk about the great north usually not favorably, but still there's a lot of talent behind the show and a lot of it, then we're going to be at the great North panel, which is in six PCF. So, uh, Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux, the, the, the creators, uh, Lauren Bichard, who's a creator, but also is, you know, Lauren Bichard going back to Bob's burgers and home movies. Uh, and then from the cast, Nick Offerman, Dulce Sloan, Aparna and Charla, uh, Ron Funches and friend of this podcast, Paul Rust. So that could be fun. Yeah, totally. Should we move on to Saturday? 
Yeah, I feel like we what should. Are your, uh, what are your evening plans? I have gotten like, uh, I don't know what the party situation is this year. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still very COVID cautious. And so I don't plan on like right. uh, fraternizing with the, the masses as with my mask off as, or as, as little as possible, I suppose. Okay. Uh, but so I don't know. It's, it's, it'll be weird to be at Comic-Con and be like, okay, I think I'm done. I'm going to just get out of here and not hang out downtown but you know who knows maybe it'll feel different when i get there and see what it's like or maybe it'll feel even more terrifying (laughs) yes that is a very real possibility all right um you kicked off friday so i'll kick off saturday um as mentioned yeah warner brothers movies in hall h uh bright and early at 10 15 but it's it's only an hour there's like times that warner brothers has like had like a i want to say like a two and a half hour block right where they had so much stuff it's just an hour the only things they're listing here are black adam and shazam 2 uh dwayne johnson and zach levi will be there uh but you know there will probably be other surprises either like trailers or someone will be brought out that you're not expecting that's usually how these things definitely things go but sometimes i feel like they set that bar and then they don't like deliver and people are like oh it it was just what we thought it was going to be. Totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it the Warner Brothers one has has been in the past like one of the biggest panels. You know, I, I guess like that was the year whether well, one year that when they did like uh, Pacific Rim when they like pulled out like when they had the screens along the whole uh, room. I, I think they just do that now. Yeah. The 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 it's essentially like Screen X if you know what that is. Uh-huh. They like extend the screens on, on the 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 curtains and yeah, I remember because they've been doing that for a while. Because I remember Sony doing it for Amazing Spider-Man Two when they brought like Jamie Fox out. They had like blue bolts of electricity on screens like all around the 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 convention or the the or on Hall H. But at this point, like Marvel. Uh, Warner Brothers and Marvel are the only big studios that have like big studio panels. It used to be like Paramount would have their block and Sony yeah. have their block and Universal would have their block and Fox would have their block. And um, yeah, Fox I, is doing an offsite like, uh, or I guess it's Disney Fox. Uh, yeah. Hulu is doing an offsite screening of Prey, which is the the Predator prequel, I think. Yeah, by Dan Trachtenberg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, it is. I thought, I guess we didn't know like whether or not Disney, you know, Disney ha- always has the, the thing now with D23 being like the kind of conflicting thing where they would rather just show this stuff there. And so now, like, does that mean that there's no more like Fox stuff at, at Comic-Con? And it seems like that's the case. Uh, but it, it still seems like Marvel Studios, the movie yeah, part that's, of Marvel, that's a good point. still seems to... Cause they've taken years off before. Yeah. I, they've never in my experience in my memory, Marvel has never taken a year off of Comic-Con in order to make a big announcement at D23 or somewhere else. They come to Comic-Con when they have their big announcements, you know, yeah. that's where they last, I almost said last year, three years ago, but the last Comic-Con was the last time they were there and they announced so much shit that we've yeah. since, you know, seen or, chosen not to see a lot of and so i think like I, I i think unlike warner brothers who might be coming just to keep their spot warm or whatever like if marvel studios is there saturday afternoon which they are yeah there's gonna be major announcements yeah. about upcoming marvel stuff yeah i mean 
I know like one of your, a resource that you often will just talk about is the SDCC unofficial blog. And I yeah. just started re- recently like following them more regularly, just in like the preparation for comic con. And I feel like they had a really good breakdown before the schedule was announced of like, you know, is Marvel going to be at comic con this year? Let's look at the past and let's look at like when they made announcements, when they weren't there, when they were there and stuff like that. And so I, I, I think you're right. I think that yeah. like they, Disney has kept Marvel like a comic con kind of, uh, you know, and I wonder thing. if that's just, just speculating. I wonder if that's something that Kevin Feige is insisting on that. Yeah. He has, could, he has yeah. the clout to be able to say like, I don't want to do this at D 23. and I want to do it at, at comic con. And he maybe likes making, making announcements at comic con. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I guess for me, um, there's a eighties animated series panel, um, at 10 AM on, on Saturday. But I think like, I'm, I, I am really interested to see what Warner Brothers has to, to show. I mean, there is also the house of the dragon thing in that same room just after the Warner Brothers one. And I wonder if that's going to be a big draw for people. Um, or whether or not, you know, like the end of Game of Thrones soured the, the soured things for for fans and they're gonna be like, Yeah, whatever, I'm never going I'm yeah. never watching another Game of Thrones panel again. You've you've ruined it for me. Uh I'll briefly mention because you already I might be stealing one of yours because you already made reference to this, I think, earlier at eleven AM in room seven A B spotlight on Raina Telgemeier. Is that oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I I I uh definitely want to go to that one too. Yeah, I, I, I like her. I like I feel Smile is always the one that comes up, but did you read Ghosts? Uh, I mean, Miranda has read all of those books, yeah, okay. and they're great. And yeah, uh, I, really good. I, I, I've already kind of shown Miranda that, that Miranda Telgemeier is going to be there, and I, th- I think it's been a couple of years now since Guts was the last one that Miranda Telgemeier did, and um, I think we're all. I don't follow her on social media, so I haven't seen if she's actually like posted about anything, but I mean, I think we're all here in our, in our house. We're waiting to see what she does next. And, uh, I'm very curious to see like if she at the spotlight talks about like, Oh, this is the next book that I'm working on. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's the What's next for you? I think the, uh, so house of the dragon and maybe, uh, there's like the, the I mentioned the Ray Harry house and, uh, Ray Bradbury for Ackerman, um, panel of the past. There's another one this year where they're just kind of, uh, folks are kind of remembering, uh, the three of them as like this, you know, kind of iconic group of, uh, sci-fi nerds. Um, and I'd be, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to go to that one. Um, that one is at, uh, 1130 um and there's a f- in 29 cd there's a few other ones like there's another like one of the science panels where it's like the science of spider-man and the multiverse um that morning and there's a few other things i guess like the the mcelroy brothers the podcasting you know powerhouse are going to be there and so uh i I'm not like the hugest fan of their little empire, but I am curious just to hear them. I, they are very funny. And so I would be interested to go check that out. Um, all right. Uh, I lost my place. Where was I at 4 PM? Um, Spike and Mike's festival of anima- animation, non yeah. sick and twisted version. Then there's no description whatsoever, but we know what it is. It's a bunch of short animated shorts. That sounds fun. 
Totally. There's a, uh, I mean, another, there's like the two middle of the day hall H ones, like one on star Trek and one on Sandman. I, I mean, the Sandman panel is probably going to be hard to get into because it's also like, you know, in the, in the hours leading up to the Marvel panel. So it'll probably be, I mean, if people, if, if, the, if hall H is, is packed at that point, or, you know, yeah. if Hall H is packed, it's going to be packed by that point because people will be waiting for the Marvel panel. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess kind of uh, later in the afternoon, too, there's a couple of panels. Like, there's a one on the Fleischer Brothers cartoons, like the, you know, the, the uh, Superman, like, you know, classic Superman Fleischer animated stuff. Oh, okay. And then slightly after that is the well, I think one that we've gone to in the past the bold voice of contemporary horror I couldn't remember if this was the panel that like Jen Yamato or other folks have kind of hosted in past years um, but I didn't this was one of those ones where I didn't recognize any of the names of the people uh, yeah. involved with it yeah I, I I have definitely gone to that um, in in the past but uh, yeah I don't recognize no I can't find it but I don't recognize the I remember not recognizing the names either so we were just out of touch. <laughs> uh, but that, you know, that's uh, then it might be. I mean, I think we've said, we've said this before, definitely. But like, you know, th- those those panels where you aren't really expecting anything can often be like the ones that yeah. show you something that you've you know you ha- you had no idea that you were interested in or like really surprise yeah. you and are fun. To, like the ones that you just like kind of drop in and are like, okay, well, I'm gonna actually going to be waiting for this panel that's after this, but then this one is way more interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. 4 p.m. Uh, another spotlight. Spotlight on Phil Lamar. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and actually, you might recognize, obviously, from it mentioned Mad TV and Pulp Fiction here in the description, but there's also a prolific voice actor. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably, given the crowd, that's probably the, what the focus is is, is going to be uh, on his. Um, uh, genre voice work but the panel is also moderated by the great uh mark evanier who's um as i understand uh one of the handful of people uh who has been to every comic-con and hosts multiple panels every year he was he, he was one of the best things about the last two like virtual uh uh comic-cons he was he's great because he's like as you might imagine, given that he's been to every Comic-Con, which has been going on for more than half a century, he's not a young man, but his, you know, the way that so many people, I mean, I'm not even 40 and I'm already a curmudgeon, <laughs> you know, and uh, Mark Evanier is still has that geeky excitement about yeah. things. It's always fun to hear him talk about the things that he's passionate about. So yeah. uh, uh, really see, seeing a panel moderated by Mark Evanier is worth it in the first place phil lamar definitely a bonus yeah i think that those types of hosts or panelists are just the best and make Mm -hmm. make going to comic-con and dealing with the long lines and the crowds of people like those moments of really enthusiastic panelists are just totally worth it yeah what do you I think uh, there's a Bill Nye panel that I'm interested okay. to hear him talk about stuff, um, which is at 4:15, and then the there's another. 
<laughs> the end is not exactly. Uh, there's another Charlie Brown panel, or uh, there's a Charlie Brown panel, kind of, and we mentioned the uh, Charles Schultz one earlier. But um, I I would be interested to go check this one out. And then um, you know a few other things, not not a lot on Saturday night. I think that I am thinking about sticking around for, except for this Studio Ghibli six thirty one. I thought That's, you were going to end there, and I was like. Did you did Ryan miss this panel? This is like so up his alley. <laughs> no, that yeah. is definitely like uh, the, I, yeah. I think I think I'll definitely. Of studio, I kind of stepped on you. It's the art of Studio Ghibli. Yes, and um, there's going to be like a production coordinator coming in to show like pieces of original art and behind the scenes stuff, and that that sounds awesome. And so, like, if I'm even if I leave Comic Con, I'll probably come back just for that. Uh, you know, th- that evening. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, we, I guess we didn't officially mention Marvel Studios, but we already mentioned we were talking about Warner Brothers. So Marvel Studios is at five. The only thing they've announced is that Kevin Feige will be there, and I'm sure it's going to be all anyone talks about. <laughs> uh, there's, there's that. So the last thing I mentioned, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be up to going to a 9 p.m. Uh, panel on Comic-Con day three, like day four for me, you know, um, but uh, there's a Lloyd Kaufman, yeah. Uh, yeah. 50 years of filmmaking. And again, this is one of those things, Lloyd Kaufman, not a young man. He's yeah. going to be at this panel and it's at 9 PM because it's, you know, trauma and they're going to be, it's not going to be kid friendly, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, it would be, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I'm doing the, the, the Comic-Con nerd thing of, of like making connections. Right. Yeah. But there's, there's a not small chance that James Gunn is going to be in town. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Like is James Gunn going to make a surprise appearance at the Lloyd Kaufman uh, panel? That would be cool. I'd be sad. I missed it, but I also know that like, yeah. I'm not going to want to sit in the panel again at 9, 9 PM after a whole week of this. I, I mean, I think, you're on the right track with that. I, I would put money on him going to that yeah. panel. Yeah. Uh, should we, I, I don't have much for Sunday and speaking of panels, I'm going to mention that I'm not going to go to like, <laughs> Sunday. I like am usually I'll try. I, I'm older now. And like, I don't drink as much. I've actually like, I still drink plenty, but like one thing, the pandemic, changed about me is I don't drink as much. I think early yeah. pandemic, like a lot of people, I was drinking too much, you oh, know, shit. cause it was yeah. like, I'm home. There's nothing to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. like I'm done with work at 6 PM. Sure. I'll make a cocktail. I was probably drinking too much, but I've changed a lot of things about myself during the pandemic. And so I probably won't be as hungover. This is what I'm saying <laughs> at, on Sunday as traditionally, but I'll still be wiped out. And usually Sunday is about like having brunch, usually with Kate Kolzik, but she's not going this year. Um, but uh, Kate's sister, Maggie, and I, I think are going to have brunch with, with my wife and um, uh, Ryan, I don't know what you're doing, but oh yeah, you're not socializing. Um, <laughs> but usually it's like, get up, check out of the hotel, have brunch and just get home because I'm so wiped. So we'll talk about some Sunday panels. I'm probably not going to make it to any of them. Totally. But I, I guess... wonder if they'll be on like the YouTube channel, you know, the uh, because the number one I hear, I'll start it. I know you're supposed to start, but I'll start there's another Jack tribute, Jack, Jack Kirby tribute panel. This uh-huh. is an annual panel that Mark Evanier does. That's a tribute to Jack Kirby. Cause Mark Evanier used to work for Jack Kirby. And, um, 
they've been super fun to watch the last two years with the virtual like Comic-Con at home. Um, so I probably won't make it at 10 AM, uh, in room five a on, on Sunday to this panel, but, uh, I don't know if stuff is going to be available, uh, after the fact. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a really good point. Like I, I have definitely appreciated the whole YouTube aspect of the Comic-Con at home stuff to be able to just watch whenever, um, I, I know that there is like the whole debate around like whether or not are you do you want these these conversations to be exclusive for the people who are going or do you want them to just be available to everyone and i think they should really experiment with that idea of like putting some of these panels up online uh in the days after they they are had at uh, at the convention just to make you know it's there's still so many people who aren't traveling or can't travel and uh i think making this stuff available online would be like a real yeah um a real like generous nice thing for like the geek community to do yeah yeah um, uh, all right. Uh, so Sunday morning, there's a couple of things. Uh, there's there's a panel on William Stout that I w- uh, or a spotlight on William Stout that I would be interested in going to check out. I mean, I I I'm sad to hear that Tyler's not going. There's a there's a pop culture and the Christian Church uh, yeah, panel that morning uh, that I was thinking like, man, why is Tyler? Here? No, Tyler definitely should be at that one, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and then I, you know, oh, go ahead. oh, I guess like, uh, and then slightly after that, there's like a, a Babylon five panel and also a Jeff Smith panel. And I, the Jeff Smith one would be interesting because there's like a bone, uh, animated series that's kind of mm. in development, I think still right now for Netflix. And so I'd be curious to see if he has anything to talk about with that. Yeah. Uh, here's a weird one. 1245 PM in room six BCF. They're just screening light year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that now I know Sundays are often like a lot of kid friendly stuff. Yeah, yeah. But also it feels like, is that for hungover people? <laughs> like, <laughs> here's a dark room to sit in for two hours. But it's just I, I it's super weird to me that they're showing a movie that is currently in theaters. <laughs> like, uh yeah, I agree. Yeah. That is that is yeah. very weird. Uh, come come into this room, sit in less comfortable chairs and have a less good view of the screen than if you just like you know, <laughs> went to the nearest multiplex and watched light year. Totally. This is like, uh, yeah. uh, if you do a search for like Blu-ray in the schedule, this is like one of the three things that comes up because it's like, Oh, see the movie before it comes to Blu-ray. Right. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else on Sunday? There's a, a middle earth panel towards the middle of the day. There's some, there's like a blade runner 40th anniversary panel. Yeah. That's the last thing I have on here. Um, cause it's, uh, yeah, let's see author Paul M salmon who wrote future noir, the making of blade runner, uh, blade Runner art director, David L Snyder and, um, the producer of the blade runner final cut restoration, Charles D Lazarica yeah. are going to be talking about, uh, blade runner. That could be cool. Yeah, I think that will be very cool. If you're around and you haven't already left San Diego by that point, I think yeah, it's going at 3 p.m. I will be, yeah. if not home, at least on the five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by 3 p.m. Uh, all right. I guess we, we talked about it, right? We did. 
we did it. Um, any other, is there any of like offsite stuff you've heard about that you're interested in? Uh, no, I, I mean, I definitely seen people talking about offsite stuff, but it's, it's a weird, it's a weird world we're in right now of, for Comic-Con offsite stuff. Like I hear people or see people talking about like paid things offsite instead of just like, Oh, you need to get a, a wrist bracelet or whatever to get into this thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like if it's, I don't know, I'll, I'll be very interested to see how this comic con plays out and how it might influence future stuff for, for people who, you know, can't get into comic con, but are in San Diego and want to be able to go do stuff in the evenings. Uh, and, and, you know, like the, the whole offsite, uh, things what do they what do they call the offsite stuff the like activations activations yeah. yeah uh they they have definitely grown over the past decade and i i don't know how i feel about them as a thing that is it, feel, it feels harder to get into but also like way more just like marketing than than everything else um yeah the only ones that are uh, there's a couple of beer related offsite things. Um, both are going to be like impossible to get into. Uh, there's Kevin Smith is doing like a pop-up m- movies, you know, the like uh-huh. fast, food, food, fast food change from his view universe or whatever. And there's a, um, a brewery that has like brewed a special brew just for that. It's only <laughs> going to be available there, but that's like, you have to like reserve a spot in advance. And I think it's probably already all booked up. Yeah. The opposite end of the spectrum, Voodoo Ranger is taking over a pirate ship and turning it into a bar for like <laughs> Voodoo Ranger beers. That's the opposite in which there are no reservations and it's first come first serve. So that's going to be like, yeah, you want to stand in line for three hours for a beer? <laughs> like, who knows? Um, so I don't know that I actually do either of those, but those are the two, uh, as I talk about how I don't drink as much, I, I highlight the two, the two beer related ones. Naturally. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, that's that's it. Well, David, thanks so much for having me on. I can't wait to see you in San Diego in a couple weeks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we should definitely I know you said you're not socializing. Maybe we can get a drink on a patio so. Oh uh, yeah. I think yeah. that uh I, I I won't I'm I mean I'm I'm accepting the fact that I will probably get COVID uh, for the first time uh, <laughs> during Comic-Con. And I think I've, I've, I'm resigned to the fact that it won't be that bad and it'll, uh, and it will be worth it to go to this again. I th- I'm, I'm excited and I want to see you and I want to see Matt and I want to see all of our other friends uh, that go every year. And, you know, the, the pandemic has, has helped me, you know, rethink my, uh, priorities as far as a lot of this stuff goes, but also like, I, I miss being around people, uh, just despite my yeah. hesitations about like socializing, I, I am very like, I, I will, it will bring me a lot of joy, I think, to go to this again. Well, this is going to be fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, we will, uh, we'll be, I, I don't know. Um, uh, well, let's talk, let's talk off, off my, off okay. about, uh, <laughs> uh, other cameras or off air, at least about other, uh, plans. But, uh, if you're going to be at Comic-Con, let us know. Um, and, uh, meanwhile, you can find 
um, the podcast at battleshippretension.com. You know that by now. You can email me at david at battleshippretension.com. You can email Tyler uh, and and make him feel bad for not going. Don't do that. He's He's got to work. It's not a choice. At Tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Check out my other podcast. It's called The One Where I Met Your Mother, in which my wife Natalie and I watch an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met, Met Your Mother every week. Um, I don't remember what we talked about this week because we're off schedule in terms of the recording. Um, but uh, yeah, what the hell did we talk about this week? That's going to bug me now. Uh, oh, it was Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving on both shows in the middle of like, so like 4th of July weekend. Now and I talked about two Thanksgiving episodes of TV, the one with the football and slaps giving. So it was a very uh, festive um, uh, time at the one where I met your mother. Uh, Tyler's on Twitter at Tyler pretension. Ryan, where can people find you? Should you want them to uh, just go to criteriancast.com for everything? Okay. Well, um, well, I'll see you at Comic-Con. Uh, I'm saying that to Ryan and to any listeners who uh, might be there. Uh, meanwhile, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. You got to say bye, Ryan. Oh, bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.